Welcome to LinkedIn Smart, a podcast revealing secrets to success on LinkedIn. Each week, we interview one remarkable person willing to share their best strategies. So sit down, relax, and enjoy the interview. Here is our host, Vitek Ladislav. In today's episode of LinkedIn Smart Podcast, we are going to talk to Sandra Long. She is one of those early adopters on LinkedIn. She loves to help organizations and people to use LinkedIn to enhance their sales, businesses or careers. And she also loves sushi, skiing, boating, long walks and above all, of course, LinkedIn. Here is Sandra Long. So Sandra, uh, thank you very much for coming on the show, LinkedIn Smart Podcast. It's really, really awesome to have you here. Hey VTech, I'm delighted to be here. Can't wait to get going. Sandra, with all our guests, I always ask the first question. That first question is always the same. When did you start with LinkedIn? Uh, when did you start using LinkedIn? And uh, was there any story around that? Well, I started using LinkedIn in 2005. So it was pretty early and I was using it. I was at, in a corporate B2B sales type of role. And I think that when I, th when I think back on it, I, I probably was using it in the very, very early start startup as more of a career type of looking for opportunities. But I learned something while doing that. And that was that my customers and my prospects were on there. Now they weren't necessarily on there like they are today, but their company had a presence. Oftentimes if they were hiring managers, especially then they were, they were you know, on there. So I learned that I really use it for research. Mm -hmm. And then I did that for many years. And over time, other employees at the company were asking me for advice. And so they, that became sort of the pathway of how I ended up doing this. You, you mentioned that you started using LinkedIn in 2005, so really early adopter. Um, can you tell me just a little bit, you know, how in your view has LinkedIn changed over the years? Well, it's changed so much, really, and, and so much of it's happened in the last couple of years, even. Mm -hmm. So back back in 2005, I mean, we didn't have all the features. and we, Well, we had certain features that have been taken away, and certainly uh, I think people acted differently on the platform. Um, we, you know, pe people's perception of how they use LinkedIn, there's always over all this time been a, a mystery for so many people it's, you know, as why you and I are so busy, right? There's so much confusion uh, that's, that's kind of always been there. Um, I think back then people definitely thought of it more of a recruiting, you know, resume type of talent place. Mm -hmm. And that perception, I still to this day, I'm surprised when I meet some of the and you probably do the same. You meet someone who says, well, I always thought of LinkedIn as a place to recruit. And uh, so that that perception's still out there after all this time. Yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> and it puzzles me as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but in the last, you know, in the last few years, I mean, once we get, I'm sure we're going to talk about some of this more, but, you know, it's been incredible, particularly around content. I, I would like to know also, like, how was the transition? Because you mentioned that, you know, colleagues were asking you for some tips and tricks, uh, you know, how to do things. And, and obviously, you as an early adopter, then, you know, giving advice or giving some tips were probably very, very different from what you're giving a tips right now. Right? Is that so? Absolutely. I mean, I was I was a user. I was a new user, like so many. 
and I was just a, an older new user than some of the folks that came be after me. So I was, it was all just from experience and, you know, playing around, making mistakes, I'm sure making lots of mistakes and, and learning from them and sharing that. And I was, I, I always felt very comfortable navigating around everything so I could find and do and, and do all of that, which a lot of people needed help with. So that kind of drew me into it as well. But for me, it's not just about the tech. It's not just navigation. It's really giving people advice about how to how to position themselves and how to take advantage and how to make the most of it that that brings the real value. Right. And when did it occur to you that, you know, like, uh, let's make a living out of out of this and let's become let, let me become a, a LinkedIn trainer? Yeah, so I left my corporate job in 2013, mm -hmm. and then this is what I started to do. And actually, in the very beginning, not a lot of people don't know this, I actually started, th I thought that I would be primarily focused on the college market. And within a couple of months, I had so many clients that, you know, had hired me for a college type, helping with college uh, students, they needed me for their businesses. And so, cause I, lo I love, I love the colleges, the college market's kind of just like a passion project for me. I definitely do. I speak at colleges and I, I work a little bit with colleges, uh, but most of my work is with corporate mm -hmm. and that was my background. So yeah, it was, it was great. I mean, basically I, I kind of got pulled into it by clients who said, you need, this is what you need to do. So that's what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you never looked back uh, since, right? No, not no, because I right now I have a good balance. I mean, it's it's corporate, mostly sales. I do some some help with HR as well, sometimes with hiring managers. So that's a great bulk of my business. And then again, I, I definitely enjoy the college market and, and helping the helping students and staff and and that type of thing as well. LinkedIn is a, a fantastic platform for building business relationships. Uh, and I know that you started or your first career was in sales, right? In B2B sales. Um, is, uh, has that somehow impacted your work as a, as a LinkedIn expert? It definitely has. I think that, you know, for all of us that are in this community of LinkedIn experts and trainers, we all come with a different background. There's some of us that come from B2B sales, some of us come from marketing, or some of us come from HR or advertising or the digital space. So it definitely, wherever we're coming from, I think it definitely impacts us. I feel that I have um, a lot of confidence and a lot of credibility when I'm working with sales teams. That's my number one area mm -hmm. of, of opportunity and where I feel like I bring the best value and impact. And, you know, I think I, I think it's because I spent years selling and, you know, you can really relate to that, to the sales and, and having that quota and having that pipeline and moving those opportunities through the pipeline. Um, if you haven't done that, it's just a little bit different, I think. There is selling and there is a selling, right? Um, and I think I think many of us, when we hear a word selling, we're, we kind of like we get a goosebumps or... And especially now, now we we hear a lot of those those fancy words, cliche words like a social selling and you know and digital selling and all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, what 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 uh, what is your definition of a social selling and how to do selling in a proper way on on LinkedIn or is the is LinkedIn actually a platform for social selling? Yeah, that word that phrase is interesting. I mean, I like the phrase social selling, but I think. 
you know, going back to, again, my background in sales, one of the big adjustments for sellers is that, you know, you don't, to me, the best way to come on to LinkedIn and be successful is not to come in and be, you know, a pushy trying to, uh, you know, initiate, I mean, you definitely try to initiate conversations to be helpful and you try to attract. To me, that's the way to go about it. And I think people, if they think about sort of like an advertising type of, or an automation type mentality, that doesn't work on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And I think that people need to understand that having, you know, first having that incredible profile that talks to the buyer, talks to the prospect, how you help, and then having conversations that are meaningful and helpful, that's really the key to, you know, to doing this. And of course, content ties in with relationships mm -hmm. and attracting people. Yeah. So that's a big adjustment for a lot of sellers. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure because um, whenever I talk to people on LinkedIn, you know, number one uh, frustration of the uh, of of users of LinkedIn is usually this that you know uh, you connected to someone and the first thing what you found in your in your mailbox or in your messenger um, is is some kind of sales pitch, right? Or, or from the random people you don't know them and they just kind of like pushing you and they're asking you again and again, kind of like uh, that's that that's that's kind of like a, um, you know, a bad way uh, and that gives, gives actually the, probably the bad name to, to social selling because that's not the social selling, is it? Exactly. I mean, you, what you're bringing up is so true. We see too many of those in-mail messages that are a turnoff. And if so you think back on cold calling, which we know statistically uh, prospects and buyers don't want to be cold call, which is, we think of it as the phone. And, I, and back in my day, I would actually walk into offices, you know, have my briefcase, knock on the door, walk in and try to have a sales conversation. Uh, so that's my background. And, you know, to me, you know, having that cold message for me, LinkedIn is all about the opportunity to warm everything up. So, you know, learning about the person, studying and researching that prospect and their company means that you can then have valuable conversations and that you can find valuable connections. Hmm. Not that you're just not doing your homework, sending out these cold messages. That's, that's not the way I'd recommend. Mm -hmm. That's a turnoff. Sandra, you mentioned that you like to work with the teams and then you feel that that's, uh, that's your, uh, your niche. That's perhaps uh, where you find uh, the most value, that you add most value. Um, how do you start uh, that, that? How do you initiate that process? What do you start with? Can you, can you just take us through this? Well, every team is different. I mean, so I get, you know, I, I get, um, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing all the variety of opportunities. I'm sure you see the same thing. So in some cases I get people calling me, asking me to give a speech, uh, a, a speech on LinkedIn for sales. And I, I, I do those, but I, you know, one of the things is that that to me is, yes, I can come in and give your team a speech and I can, you know, motivate them and excite them, but it's really not going to transform them. Hmm. So, uh, you know, really need to think, you know, we have to usually do an assessment of where they are, you know, what have they already, you know, how far along are they in this? Because in some cases there's been some work done and, and try to understand the, their opportunity, their, their opportunity with their prospects really, and, and their pipeline, and then come up with the right program. But it's typically, you know, the first part you want to be under, you know, as I said, understanding their buyers, um, their sales team, their content, what kind of content do they have, and then determining kind of what they need from there. 
Working with organizations and, and the teams, uh, where do you see is the, the main um, uh, an issue which they have in terms of um, utilizing and leveraging LinkedIn in their, in their business? The main issue that they have? Yes. Well, I see, I see different issues. Uh, for one thing, you know, I see the issue that they're, you know, they, if they don't have the leadership uh, buy-in, that's an issue. Mm -hmm. If they don't have alignment with the other departments, it really makes a difference. So sales and marketing. And I also believe even tying in HR because that LinkedIn page uh, often is part of what HR is doing or marketing is doing. So they need to have alignment uh, in the company. So that can be an issue. And I think also thinking about this as a one-time situation, like, oh, we train them and we're done, that can be an issue <laughs> because it's, you know, it's the ongoing reinforcement and application and real life examples and helping people, that's how things really can change. So there's, there's, a, there's, a, lot of, there's a lot of issues, but there's a lot of opportunities to help organizations yeah. with all this. Uh, with the opportunities, um, how do you explore them, and uh, what what uh, what is normally the outcome of uh, of your um, um, uh, of your LinkedIn training, uh, for that matter? So, it, I mean, again, it really depends. So, I have some uh, some of my customers that we do sort of a training uh, program. Other in other cases, I'm on a retainer type basis. Mm -hmm. So I work with them and we set up uh, our objectives. So it just, it, it really, it really depends. Um, you know, one of the things when you get into measuring success, it's all over the board. And from, you know, you, you get into thinking about how does that organization, you know, in terms of their, their CRM and, and how successful are their salespeople now in even using the CRM, much less before you add into the, 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 the additional component. Mm -hmm. So um, there's a lot of different uh, different aspects of that. But what we really ultimately want is, A, we want people, we know that the sales team is out there engaging and they're, and they're being looked up as from a referral perspective. So, you, so baseline for every company, they need to have great looking team members that look like they're interested in doing business mm -hmm. and that they're helpful and they're friendly. And so that to me is like a baseline for every, every company. Hmm. You, that, that, because because you have sometimes you'll have a seller group or maybe even some hotshot sellers who say I'm not going to do that I'm not doing LinkedIn well I still think those people they're still going to be looked up people are still going to check them out so that to me is the number one thing that they have to do and then from there hopefully we want to have them engage in great conversations so they need to learn the etiquette and they need to learn how to how to do it and uh, how to find people and how to find content and you know, there's so many, you know, all the different aspects of it. When, when, you, were, when you were talking about this, I, I kind of uh, imagine because uh, I've been in a few discussions with, with some corporate clients and I've seen that when I land on the profile of the different people within the organization, it looks like they, they work for completely different, different company. You know, like a, a person, A, he works for one because he has a cats on yeah. or she has a cats on, on, a, on a LinkedIn banner and then, you know, so... From this, uh, I think I think it's also very interesting, you know, how to align the people in an organization that they look as one coherent unit, right? Um, I think that's that's what that's what your work's um, is around, right? Yeah. So we do we right exactly. So the the corporate brand. So to me, the personal brand, which you know that's a big topic for me, uh, the personal brand is important. That to me, when you have your team that has the great profile and and 
their, their personal brands really make up the corporate brand. I mean, and to me, it all ties together. So you want to have that great corporate brand. It's on the profiles. It's evident. It's all connected. Um, so that person, in, in fact, if you've done the homework up front in advance, you've got marketing assets ready for the team so that they can just dive into what is it about my approach and how I help. And then they can use those corporate, the marketing assets. Hmm. Sandra, I wanted to ask you, where do you stand on uh, on a business page? Because I um, I know that it, it's kind of, um, you know, talked about topic in many, you know, in LinkedIn circles. And, you know, is it important? It's not important. You know, why is it not promoted that well versus the personal profiles of the people? So where, where do you stand on the, on the business pages for, um, for the corporate clients? Well, I like business pages. However, uh, for any anybody on LinkedIn, the, the the most action is happening on the personal pages. Like that that the most I mean the most business is happening. Even if you work for a big Fortune 500 company, the business that salespeople are going to generate is most likely going to be from a you know because they've had the relationships, they've made good connections, all of that type of thing from a personal perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, the company pages, I think, are great. I love having a company page. I love, you know, we work with our clients on building company pages. I think they're important. They're part of the whole ecosystem that works together. Um, it's just that that's what, that's why you need to, you know, marketing needs help in terms of the page, in terms of how they can do that. And then salespeople need help in terms of how they operate, you know, as, as salespeople on, on the platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we touch up on, um, um, personal branding and I know that you know that's that's your that's your passion as well you know, on a LinkedIn right uh, you wrote a book um, LinkedIn for personal branding um, tell me a little bit more about about you know what brought you to the book why did you write it and uh, you know what was your story around that oh thanks well I wrote that in 2006 initially wrote it in 2016 and uh, it was very important to me to combine LinkedIn with personal branding. Before that, there there had been books on both personal branding and LinkedIn, but there hadn't really been any book that combined the two. Mm-hmm. So for me, I I felt almost like it was a race because I knew this was coming and I felt it, it, people were talking about it, but I wanted to do that. So I combined the topic and, and for me, that book is all about positioning. Like I said, a lot of the, there's a lot of really good LinkedIn books about profiles and whatnot but I wanted this to be about positioning. And I also, back in 2016, I did talk about content, which of course everything's changed. And, I, and, and as you know, I just, just released my updated 2021 book. Um, so that's exciting as well. But that to me was important to help people with their positioning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're actually talking about the updated version, you know, how, how many changes have you seen, you know, because you mentioned that uh, the first launch of the book was 2016, so it's five years onwards on, and, uh, you know, how many changes uh, were there in the book and tell us about yeah. that. Well, it, thank you. I mean, actually, the changes in the book reflected the changes in the platform and the changes in me, because I've changed how I think about things. And because the world has changed. And so I'll give you some examples. Um, I talk about 
in the new version, I talk about brand voice. Now I talked before much, I had a whole big chapter on brand, but I didn't really get into brand voice and how, how personal you can be. That's a topic now, back in 2016, there wasn't as much um, personalization as there is now. So I definitely went into that. I also, for example, in the experience part, I talked about portfolio careers, which are more prevalent now. Um, I brought up, I think the biggest thing is I have six chapters on content that were completely changed. And so I, you know, there's, first of all, there's new types of content. There's polls and stories and video, you know, video even. Um, but again, I try to, I try to write the book. It's not just a fact thing, but it's more how to position, how to really leverage. So to give you an example, when I talk about content, I have lots of examples of how you use content to build relationships, right? Or when I talked about video, I talk about, um, you know, ideas and strategies and also what are the various video paths that you could take? So for example, if you're coming into this and you've never done a video, it could be quite different than if you're a YouTube person, right? Or if you're someone who's comfortable doing training or, um, you know, so coming up with these different paths for people to take to get their foot in the door on video and even overcoming that sort of paralysis that we feel. So I'm, I'm trying to, again, not just be a fact thing, because the facts change, um, but to offer insights. Uh, so it's, you know, even something as funny as an emoji, right? In 2016, I, first of all, I don't, I, they weren't on my radar screen. And I would have to tell you, I didn't even like emojis. In fact, it wasn't until um, this year, um, probably beginning of COVID, where I started warming up to emojis. And so I, so, the book reflects a lot of change. And, you know, for me, I talk about where I like emojis and where not, not I like where I don't like emojis. So just all the changes reflected in there. So I'm pretty excited. It just, it just got released. Sure. Uh, awesome. And uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. I'll, I'll pick, uh, pick, pick it up and uh, I'll read it as well. I'm, I'm interested, interested to see what, what you're talking about there. And, I still want to stick stick with the book, and I wanted to ask you. You talk about many changes. Are there some changes which really surprised you in some way, or was it something you know which strike you a lot in in terms of um, a change? As far as surprise, I mean, I guess some of the uh, some of the content feature. Like, I guess my biggest surprise, and it actually happened in 2020, was the new featured feature mm -hmm. that came out, and that's my favorite feature on the LinkedIn profile. And it was a surprise to me. And I, 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 and I'm, and that made it into my book too, because it was right before I published it. So I love that feature. That was just uh, my, to me, that's a mind blowing profile feature. So mm -hmm. that was my biggest surprise and happy surprise, I guess. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit more about, about the, the new feature and why, why do you like it? Why you consider it as, um, you know, as very important uh, on the LinkedIn profile? So first of all, well, it, it allows you to, to do a much better job of sharing media. I've always liked sharing media. So having a video on my profile, I would have it under my about section or experience, but this takes it to a new level because it's much more prominent in your profile. So in addition, you can, so you can have media, you can also take an article or a post and have that featured. And you can also have an external link 
So you can take something, you know, it could be, uh, it could be a PDF that's important to you, a PowerPoint, a page on your website. You can be really creative and have a really visual, powerful impact from your profile and, and have it be a link. So it's just, I, I just love it. <laughs> um. Sandra, you, you wrote a book in 2016 and uh, I'm kind of uh, intrigued and, and interested to know because I've heard that you know many times when you write a book um, your status of, a, of an expert is elevated or increased or, or all that. Um, did that book open up certain opportunities uh, for you? I definitely think that it did. I have I get people that are I'm so delighted when they reach out to me on LinkedIn and they they said they're, they're a reader and I love that. Um, so yes. And I also, it, for my clients, a lot of my clients, they'll hire me to do programs and they'll buy books for their employees or for their students. So big batches of books, uh, which is, it's good. And then when I'm doing my training, I can, I incorporate that. I can, I can do the overall high level training and they can refer them to certain chapters that they can follow up with after. So it definitely has been a, a, a great thing for, for me to do. It took an incredible, incredible amount of work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure. Uh, Sandra, uh, I, I'm, I'm actually, I wanted to ask you another question which um, somehow ties a little bit the, the corporate with, with the personal. Because I've seen a lot of CEOs, C-level managers or high-level managers, you know, uh, coming to, to LinkedIn. Uh, do you feel that they are they, they are using it properly for their for the personal brand or what would you what would you tell them you know how would you advise them what to do on LinkedIn because sometimes I feel why am I saying why I'm asking this question because sometimes I feel that they're kind of withdrawn you know they have their profile there they don't want to be uh, too much out there because they feel that maybe they will be bombarded by these you know salesy people and all that so kind of like it's a love-hate relationship with the LinkedIn they know they need to be there they don't want to be there too much what do you what uh, how, how do you normally go about this well, it's funny that you should ask that. I actually have like uh, a whole advice checklist for senior managers in my book. Okay. And so I, cause I think you're right. It's a missed opportunity. And so, so for me, when I think about it, the, the, the senior leaders have multiple opportunities. So they have a personal opportunity and then they have a, a business opportunity. The personal side, their visibility on LinkedIn ties in with the fact that they're speaking and they're hiring people and they're going to meetings. And as a result of all that offline activity, people are looking at their profiles. And if they're not, if they're not presenting themselves, if they're not, you know, drawing people in in the right way, it's a lost opportunity from their, for them personally. From the business side, I think that the business leaders should be using LinkedIn. It's really great for team building, recognizing people that, that report to them, recognizing coworkers, building network, you know, networking relationships. These the networking relationships not only with their with their team members, but with their clients and their industry partners and community partners. Like there's such an, a rich opportunity for executives. So definitely agree with you on that, VTech. Mm -hmm. Okay, interesting. That brings me to another question. You know, how much personal you should go on LinkedIn, or what what what, what level you know of a personal information you can can you can you share on LinkedIn? So this is 
this is a, a much debated question, right? A lot, you know, we're, we see this all the time and you hear people complaining that LinkedIn is now Facebook and there's all of this discussion going on. It, it's, I think it's primarily since video in 2007, when native video came out in August of 2017, people got more personal. And that's what I noticed. And a lot of, I mean, I think a lot of it were millennial video produce, video creators talking about everything. And it completely changed. And then since then, of course, it's, it's across the board. Um, so everyone has to make their own decision about where they draw the line. And I, I talk about this in my book. And what, what are you comfortable with? Because there's no question, the more personal you are, I think you get more followers. I think so. Now, I am not saying to be 100% personal because I will tell you, I draw the line and I'll tell you where I do. I don't talk about politics, religion. I don't talk about my health, any health issues. I don't, I don't talk about my family. I, I don't tell, you know, I, I'm, I basically use it. I, I do love a personal story that ties into business. I love that. So when you are, when I'm talking about a, a new LinkedIn feature or I'm talking about any kind of, any kind of uh, content, business content, I want to bring in a person, whether it's a personal insight or a little story, and it might even be about a personal experience. That to me is great, but I don't go as far as a lot of people do. And I think you have to decide where you are comfortable. Yeah. I think those are great points, you know, where, where you mentioned, you know, no, no politics, no religion, um, you know, no, probably no family, um, not showing my newborn baby or something, even though I see, I see that sometimes, but at the end of the day, I think it's about, you know, creating communities, right? Like, because that's, that's what LinkedIn is, um, a fantastic platform for, right? Creating communities. And if that community is around your, um, I don't know, sharing your, you know, the photos of your cat and, and people love you for that on LinkedIn, probably, um, you wouldn't right. change it. Right. I'm not saying it's wrong because I think I don't want to say anything is wrong because I think people, you're right. It's, it is about their community. What, you know, and, and, and their, and their voice and who they are. I mean, I don't think people should not be who they are. I'm just telling you who, what I do, um, is I have sort of a boundary, but I totally respect that, that people have totally different boundaries and they have different lives and different opinions. And, and I think that makes it better. I, I don't think we should say to people, you can't post this or you can't post that. I mean, except of course, I don't, again, I don't like the politics. I definitely, and I don't see a lot of that. I definitely don't think, I think we should be supportive of each other and generally helpful and mostly business oriented. Otherwise I'm, I'm, you know, I think we need to have a lot of uh, leeway for people. Right. Right. Sandra, I know that you were, you were the first person actually, I think who uh, went to TEDx and spoke about LinkedIn, right? Um, yeah. Tell me a little bit more about, about this. Why did you want to go there? Why would, why, why did you want to do TEDx? Um, you know, what was, what was the main points and, uh, and anyway, how, how, how this all came about? Well, I am a speaker. So I think most speakers kind of, a lot of speakers aspire to do a TEDx. Although I have to say, I mean, I, I, I had a, I guess I had a dream. I wanted to do it. Uh, it was really hard. It was, um, it was, it was really stressful because, you know, you don't, 
you don't you don't really have slides or anything and it's you know you have to really be not memorize it but you really have to practice practice i mean it was a huge commitment of time but i felt that i wanted to do it it was a challenge it was a it was a personal challenge for me and i said you know what it's one of those things i want to cross it off my list and it, it was just an incredible challenge and so i did that and yeah, I looked at, I looked up, you know, there's been speakers on Facebook and Twitter and, and social media, and I didn't see anyone else who had spoken about LinkedIn. And my topic is LinkedIn community, mm -hmm. a superpower hiding in plain sight, because with TEDx, the whole idea of TEDx is you have to have an idea. You have, it really, it's one idea. A TEDx talk is about one idea. Mm -hmm. And so I had to think, what would I talk about? And I knew it was, I wanted to talk about LinkedIn what is the one idea that I could talk about that I could, you know, that I believe in, that I could, that I had good stories and examples and, and uh, building a community was what I talked about. And I guess the underlying thing is about being proactive. And I had examples in there uh, about uh, clients who had, it was really, it's really two stark examples, total difference between two people one who used uh, LinkedIn from a, a proactive networking, helpful perspective and one who didn't and what the difference was. And so um, I, th I thought, it, and people, I also get a lot of uh, email, emails and um, LinkedIn messages from people who watch, my, my, watch it on YouTube, so, oh, which yeah. is really gratifying. Awesome. So we leave we leave the the link in in the show notes of of the podcast. So um, yeah, whoever wants then probably can can have a look at, at your TEDx talk uh, on on LinkedIn. Um, has that um, has that talk uh, again? How how was it? How was what what was the what was the experience? And uh, you know how did you feel? And uh, and did you come through it as a as a new person or was it was it? Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I don't know. Just, just I never done TEDx talk, so I'm just kind of like uh, interested to know how uh, how was it yeah. as an experience for you. Um, it was a wonderful experience. Like I said, it was a challenge, and I have to tell you, I was nervous. I was nervous until I got, you know, I think right up until I started. So I was, I, I was possessed. I was, I spent, I think six weeks. Like that was the only thing I thought about. I rewrote it. I, I had, I wrote the script out. I had flashcard. I mean, I. It was like you're, you really get in a zone. <laughs> and a lot of your life, at least for me, like this is how I had to do it. I had to, I, I, because I was nervous about it, I, I had to master. I, so I just had to like push everything out of my life and focus on it. Practice, 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 practice. And, um, and uh, so, yeah, so it was, it was a challenge for me and I was, I was happy to do it and happy that it was over. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now I'm, I'm now now I'm even more intrigued to uh, to see your um, to see your talk on 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 the LinkedIn on TEDx. That will be definitely definitely interesting to see. Um, Sandra, we are we're talking about about um, um, LinkedIn from basically for the for the corporate clients. Um, but but I you you know you mentioned that uh, your passion is also you know working with the colleges and college students. Um, you know how you know is it, is it very very different uh, the approach when when you're talking to corporate clients probably yes right and and uh, with with the college students or um, or graduates um, can you tell us a little bit more about that well there's the underlying themes 
are very similar. You know, having a profile that is impactful for who you're trying to attract. Like that, there's, that, there's basic, the basics are the same and being helpful, not, you know, uh, making the right connections, being proactive. A lot of that is the underpinning is the same, right? Mm-hmm. It's a matter of the language and how you, how you then express it. Mm-hmm. So obviously talking to a sales team, um, you're, you're talking, you're relating it back to their pipeline and, and, ha- you know, what to do at what various points of their pipeline. Whereas you're talking to a college audience, it's um, about what they're doing from the hiring process. So I often talk about the journey of who you're trying to attract. So with a college student or someone like that, it's, it's about, you know, con- connecting with that hiring manager versus the salespeople with their particular buyer that they're folk, their targeted buyer. Mm-hmm. So um, the underpinning is really very similar. Mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty interesting. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, it actually brings me to another question because uh, in 2020, obviously all with all the COVID and all the lockdowns and things like that, uh, things got pretty heated and difficult for many, many people out there, even in terms of, of a job and searching for the job. And uh, we mentioned at the beginning, you know, that still LinkedIn in many ways is, um, is seen as a place where to look for a job. And for the college students, for the college graduates, probably they, they look at the LinkedIn as a as a platform to start searching for certain opportunities, right? Um, how that, you know, how can you help um, and, and what do you do in order, for example, or give some tips uh, for, for the students what to do in order to find their dream jobs? Well, what's funny about what you just said that I, I want to challenge a teeny bit is I think a lot of the students, not all of them, really understand that how powerful it is. I mean, most of them do not understand the power, just like in the corporate environment. That's why our profession, like we, we said in the beginning, our profession is quite busy. People, you know, are confused and just trying to really leverage the power. Mm-hmm. Um, but for students, um, they, you know, for they're, they're, of course they're all over the board in terms of where they're at, but most of them are very much a beginner and uh, they, they, they don't understand the etiquette. I think they, they, they really don't understand the etiquette at all. And, um, you know, so we always start them with the, the profile and building that profile. Um, they, can, they, they can use LinkedIn to be more proactive. I don't think that they thought of it that way. I mean, obviously if your profile is really optimized as a young person, you're going to be more likely to be found by recruiters. There's no question about it, but I always tell them, you know, we don't want to just sit back and, and be reactive. We want to be proactive by making the right connections. Mm-hmm. So thinking about same thing you tell, you know, a, a lot of audiences, you know, connecting with people that, you know, from your high school, from your college class, from your neighborhood, from your team, all these people are then potentially connected to, opportunities for internships and for for jobs and then also like as an intern a lot of these students are you know at their there's they're in they have internship positions there's lots of opportunity for them with linkedin to be connecting with the company where they're working you know warming up the those other co-workers they're there maybe for the summer warming those people up and um using that to sort of help them uh get permanent employment so there's a lot of opportunity for them. 
Sandra, do you have any any practical uh, like a step by step strategy for them, like what they can do and uh, how they can be more proactive on LinkedIn? Yeah, so I mean, I have a whole I have a whole training I do with colleges, and so uh, it, it it's typically I divide it into two sections. The first one is the profile, and then the second one is about the networking and the job search. So it, you know, so if you do, it's really three parts, but I usually do it in two, uh, two, two half days or two, two uh, 90 minute sessions. So the profile, as we, we've talked about that, then you build your strategic network, which is, you know, all of that, because you need to do that before you, before you then uh, reach out. Um, you know, there's, there's features on LinkedIn for job search that they can use. Mm-hmm. Um, there's jobs that are advertised that they can look and see how, how, do, how am I connected to that company? They can use the company pages mm-hmm. to say who works at those companies. You know, if I have done, if I've done my work and I've done my connecting, I should see my friend's dad works at this company or my team member, my soccer mate knows somebody at this other company. So, you know, you have to, if they haven't done that initial foundational stuff, then you won't find those pathways, mm-hmm. right? So you teach them about that and they get very excited. Yeah, um, yeah. it very, very much reminds me what you mentioned about about the, the, uh, the thing that, you know, the theme is very, very similar to, to talking to the corporates. Like they, they need to have the proper profile. They need to see who is the ideal audience, ideal clients. They need to figure out how to reach out to them, who is connected with, within their circles, with that particular companies, uh, so on and so forth. So, yeah, I can, I can see the similarities there between within this and, uh, and that. Um, so coming back to the, to the business owners, because I, I usually address uh, things to the business owners, um, you know, what would what would be your tip? You know how to imagine there's somebody who has not really um, leveraged LinkedIn in his or her business, and they want to. They, they are inspired by this talk of yours, and they want to start. What where they should start? What they should do? Okay, so I, I work with small business owners as well. So this is a great question. Um, I I have a six step pathway, and and it starts with your personal brand, understanding the value that you bring and what's important to you and your unique, your voice, right? Mm-hmm. Figuring that out and what language you should be using is the first part. Mm-hmm. Then you go into then taking that, what you've learned about yourself and decided about, and then putting it into your uh, profile to, so, that, so that it attracts people. Then it's building your strategic selling network, connecting with people that you know uh, particularly one of the big missing pieces is for, for small business owners, have you connected? You're going to be surprised. Well, you're not going to be, you, you probably know what I'm going to say, but have you actually connected with all your clients? <laughs> they have, they haven't. <laughs> have you connected with your, uh, your old past clients? Have you connected with wherever you used to, you used to work at a company and now you've started your own company. Have you connected with those people that you used to work with. And you can't believe, like that gives them a lot of things to do. And it's shocking how many people haven't done that. And it's, to me, it's a gold mine. So for me, my business, I get uh, probably 50% of my business opportunities come from where I, coworkers that I used to work with that have now gone into all these different companies, but I'm connected with them. They remember me, they liked me, 
They see me on LinkedIn. And when their company starts talking about this, I'm the one they call. Mm-hmm. So those old coworkers are really key. And then you get into, uh, you know, converting, you know, creating conversations with content, converting them, company page, all of that. But for most of the small businesses, they need to start with the brand, the profile, and the strategic network. Um, very, very important and interesting. And I, actually, I really like your, your point about connecting with people you work with or, or they had some experience with you or, or your past clients. Those are those are low-hanging fruits, right? Like a, that's just like a no-brainer that you know, they had already experience with you. They, they, they were happy with your services, but you're not connected on LinkedIn. So you're missing a big opportunity there, right? Absolutely. Sandra, let's, let's get a little bit personal. And I wanted to ask you, um, what is LinkedIn for you? Wow. Um, LinkedIn for me is about connection. And I really, I, I, I have to say, I've, I'm kind of embarrassed to say that I'm sort of addicted to it. Because, you know, I think most of us like connect. And this is a great way for me to get connected. I, 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 my, the messages, I get so many messages every day and I'm sending them and getting them and, and the, the commenting, I'm a big commenter. So to me, the comments um, that then turn into conversations, like it's all about connection and, and, and relationships. Mm-hmm. How long do you spend actually on LinkedIn on a daily basis? Well, I would say every day is different. It's not like I have a certain number of minutes per day, but definitely first thing in the morning, definitely at lunchtime and definitely at night and definitely several times in between. <laughs> <laughs> so pretty much all the time. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I'm there with clients, but I, you know, you, you end up, you're going to have a phone call with someone. You need to be looking them up and checking them out. And it just, um, yeah, I'm pretty much there a lot. <laughs> I'm sure you are too, VTech. <laughs> yeah, we're both addicted. Um, and I like actually what you mentioned about about the uh, the comments. Um, I think it's it's a it's a great way, and um, I I kind of like using it many times as well. With whenever I have a discussion with some of my friends or business colleagues. Whenever they say, well, you know what, like, I don't really know what to post on LinkedIn. I said, well, so don't post. Start with commenting on somebody else's post because that's already content which you're creating there and you're creating some kind of conversation, right? Is that, that that's, that's a no-brainer, right? Yeah, I mean, I did a, a lot of my book talks about commenting and it's the whole 80-20. I'm totally in line with what you're saying. And for people that either don't want to post or even if you do post, if you're just posting and you're not commenting, how do you really expect to get some great comments? I mean, people, if you're commenting, you're going you're gonna to inspire people to, they're going to want to comment on your post because you've been commenting on theirs. So there's just so many reasons uh, for, 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 you know, giving insightful comments. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty sure, Sandra, that we can, we can carry on uh, with this discussion for another couple of hours and we'll still have a lot of, a lot of things to talk about. Uh, but I, I'm kind of like a, uh, you know, turning it a little bit, little bit towards the end of, of our of our discussion today. But before we go, I would like to ask you uh, one question, which um, I, I wanted to really, I want to really know, and that is, um, you know, what's your what's your um, LinkedIn accomplishments you are really proud of? Um, what what are you proud of when you know when you look at your um, career as a as a LinkedIn coach? 
Uh, well, I'm proud of a lot of my clients, but I'd say, I mean, I'm really, I'm definitely proud of my book. It was an incredible amount of effort. And I, I'd say number one is my book. And, um, and, but I'm, uh, and I get proud of, of all the people that I've met, um, the relationships, the um, accomplishments that, that gives me great joy. Mm-hmm. Are there some, are there some LinkedIn gurus you, you, you would like to give a shout out to? Because sometimes I, I hear, you know, uh, people, they, they say, oh yeah, I, I forgot to mention this. And, and I, I got a, I got an advice from this one and uh, I got a tip from that one. So, so are there any, anybody, anybody out there who, who you like to follow in terms of, of a, of a LinkedIn? Well, let me say this. I think that there are a lot of people and I feel that the best, the, the, be, the best way that you can be a LinkedIn expert is to follow a lot of people, have a lot of relationships, learn from others. Because if you think it, you're going to do it on your own, you're going to just miss so much. I mean, I learn from people all every day, every single day. So I would say uh, a few people I'll mention like, like, um, I definitely enjoy the podcast. So I, I've been listening to Mark for a long time, Mark Williams, and I've learned from him mm-hmm. and, um, and you with your great podcast and Andy with his podcast. So I, those are people that I, I like to learn from and listen to. Um, there's a lot of people that, that, and there's just so many people I couldn't even name them all where I learned different things from different people. And I like having relationship. I feel that in this, in this, industry we're in this little niche industry there's a lot of good people and a lot of good people sharing and i've built relationships and had friendships with people um and you know people like brenda meller who she built community and you know i learned it's a very different type of thing i learned from her which which is really like she the way she she does her lists and everything so that's kind of cool and so i i think different people you know bryn tillman um, I have a great relationship with her, learn from her. So there's, there's, they're everywhere. And even the new young people, I sometimes think, well, oh, they, they just got here. You know what? I learned from them too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sandra, thank you very much uh, for, you know, reserving time to be on, on the show today as a, as a great speaker, on a great host, a great guest on, on this, um, on, on the LinkedIn Smart Podcast. And before we go, uh, just tell us where can we find a little bit more about you and where can we find, obviously I will, I will leave the, the links in the show notes of this podcast, but tell us a little bit more, where can we find you? Well, the best place is LinkedIn. When you put my name, Sandra Long, put in New York, <laughs> that will help you because there's a lot of people with my name. Uh, you could put in New York. You might, if you have to put in LinkedIn, I don't know, uh, but Sandra Long, New York is your, is your best bet. And I'd love to have followers or connect. If you're going to connect, I'd love to have a note saying you are from VTEX podcast. I would love it. So, and thanks for having me. This was a really fun conversation. Sandra, thank you very much once again. And uh, I reserve um, that, uh, that we will have a follow-up discussion because, because there are so many other topics which we haven't covered today. And I definitely want you to come back to, to the show and uh, we can have another discussion uh, some, sometimes in the future. Right? That sounds fantastic. Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year to you too. And thank you very much. Thank you very much for listening. Please make sure that you subscribe to our LinkedIn Smart Podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcast. We would really appreciate it. Thank you and see you next time. Be LinkedIn Smart.
LinkedIn Smart Podcast was brought to you by Square Motion, a video marketing agency in Dubai. Need an engaging LinkedIn video? Go to squaremotion.me.